Hello, this is Ben Thompson, doctor of audiology and tinnitus specialist. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This audio is a recording from my YouTube channel, Ben Thompson AUD. I hope you find the information you need and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist, and I'm here today with John. John has been a patient with Treble Health for many months, and we're going to update you on John's case. For those of you who have not already met John, there is an interview that we had done on our YouTube channel previously. We will link that in the description below. People in our community have been asking, hey, how is how is that lawyer doing? I saw his first interview. I saw his first podcast, and we want to update. So now, months later, we're going to do that. John, first, tell us, when did you develop tinnitus? How many months or years ago? I developed tinnitus toward the end of January 2021. So, I don't know, 14 months ago or whatever that is. Okay. And talk us through the first stage of tinnitus, which often has trouble sleeping, high anxiety, a lot of stress, some panic. If you experienced that, how long, how many weeks or months was that? Um, I did experience uh, almost all of that, except the sleeping was not a problem for some reason. Well, I probably because I had already taken Ambien before. So I was sleeping well for about two months. It was high anxiety and stress. Although I think my personal version of tinnitus is probably a mild to moderate one. The impact on me was not mild to moderate. So the first, I'd say two months, January and February, until I I got good resources and began working with you, it was a very stressful, difficult time. First two months, very stressful, challenging. Then there was this period of improvement and that was slow and gradual, correct? So walk us through the next six months after that. So we're, we're going to bring this in its chronological story here. First, we described those two months. Then we're going to talk about the next six months. How were those next six months for you? Was the improvement slow? Was it quick? What did you notice during that process? It certainly uh, definitely was gradual. It was not quick. Uh, and that was something that I had a hard time accepting about tinnitus. I wanted to find something that would turn it off immediately and could not believe that uh, modern medicine did not have a quick fix, but found that it did not. And I would say that over the six months, there was gradual improvement, uh, particularly with hearing aids and sound therapy and TRT counseling with you and some other approaches. It gradually got better over those first six months. I think my my improvement would have even been faster and more extensive improvement had it not been for the fact that I was put on low doses of two benzodiazepines, which I think they helped my anxiety, but I think they slowed my habituation. In about October, came off, I began coming off of them. And that was a a little bit bumpy, not too bad, but a little bit bumpy. Yeah. You used the medication for about six months and then you worked with your doctor to taper off of it. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So that brings us to about the eight month point after your onset and your onset was sudden, right? Out of nowhere, tinnitus came, correct? That's correct. It was sudden. Okay. And you got a hearing test and it showed that, what did did the hearing test show when you initially got that investigated? That it uh, had an initial hearing test 
here in Richmond, Virginia, and it showed some age-related hearing loss, I think, in the higher ranges and was recommended to have hearing aids, which I got. I don't think they were programmed in an optimal fashion, frankly, because I don't think my local audiologist was as expert in the programming features of sound therapy as she should have been later on in October of last year. I had them tuned up or reprogrammed or readjusted or directed by an audiologist in Maryland who works with Dr. Jastroboff. And I think she she knew more of what she was doing. Yeah, definitely following the the proper sound therapy protocols is important. And working with us, we were able to be with you along the way. Sometimes working with Treble Health, there's still an involvement of in-person audiology clinics. Other times it's fully remote and digital with us. Okay, so now let's get back to the timeline here. We just talked about the first eight months. When things started, how loud was your tinnitus from one very, very soft to 10 very, very loud? It's always an interesting question because I it's like asking someone to rate their pain. Everybody's pain, I guess, is different. I don't know what other people's tinnitus sounds like. I have always said that mine was never higher than a three, maybe a four, but I've never had what I have heard other people describe as like screaming or suicidal tinnitus or anything like that. So it, it has mainly ranged in the when I when I hear it, two to three. Okay. And then over those eight months, you said that you improved. So how do you define your improvement? What was better? If it wasn't necessarily the volume, then what what improved? The perception of it, the noticing of it, the attention to it. Uh, I mentioned before we began our the podcast that yesterday, if you had asked me, did I have tinnitus? I would have almost said no yesterday because I heard it virtually not at all yesterday. Today, I'm hearing it at about a one, one and a half. So it's just not as, I don't pay as much attention to it. It has not gone away. I don't want to represent that I am cured of tinnitus because I'm not, but I have, I assume, habituated to a certain extent. And I I think I'm continuing to habituate a little bit more as I go along. Yeah, excellent. I'm happy for you. And you did a lot of work to make this happen. I know that not only using sound therapy, but taking the CBT techniques, the cognitive behavioral techniques seriously, settling the mind, settling the body. I know you practice meditation quite a bit. Let's bring us back to this timeline. So after eight months, you shared where you were at. Now we have the next six months, which bring us to today. So essentially over the last year, over the last 12 months, you've shown, you've been on this path of habituation and has it been gradual and consistent? Has it leveled out with how much you're habituating? Have there been ups and downs? Have you had spike periods? Um, I have never had, I don't believe what I understand people to describe as a spike. I have had fluctuations. It has not been a straight downward line it's been sort of up and down, but but the trend is down. What did Martin Luther King say? The arc of justice bends, arc of history bends toward justice. Well, I think the arc of tinnitus bends toward habituation, and it has been going down. 
But there have been periods, mainly with me related to stress, the more stress I feel from whatever reason, whether it's work, some mild other related health problems, I notice the tinnitus is a little bit more prevalent. But generally, it has been a gradual decline, but not a steady decline. And where are you today? You shared that Yesterday, you had a day where you barely noticed tinnitus showing that habituation is far better than when it was at the beginning. What are the challenges and the successes that you face in recent times now, 14 months after the onset of sudden tinnitus? Well, it still is there. It still can be at times irritating, but it's there much less frequently. I use all the tools that you have taught me. So it's just a matter in my in my case of when I do hear it, I just sort of accept it, move on, distract myself into something else, and uh, I pretty much forget it, or I'll maybe turn on some more sound therapy in my office or my home. That helps. So it's just now, it's, I think, just keeping on, keeping on. You know, I, I don't know there's a lot more that I can add to it. I can tell you things not to do. If somebody wants to hear what not to do, I, can, I have some tips. Let's hear uh, it. I sort of, in retrospect, wish I had not used the benzodiazepines. I think that I could have gotten through the period without them. Um, And I think it retarded my habituation some. I think I would be further habituated not uh, if I had not utilized them. But then again, I'm not a doctor, so I wouldn't. People should listen to their physician, obviously, not a lawyer. I would uh, stay off of the Internet. I think a little bit of the Internet for educational purposes, it's good. I think too much of the internet, you know, it, it just makes me focus on tinnitus. You know, it makes me read about tinnitus. Now, I, you know, I'm still interested in what's going on in the tinnitus world with the research on tinnitus, but I, I rely on you to tell me if there's some breakthrough. So I think staying off the internet is a good idea. I think min- uh, maximizing or minimizing the stress in your life is, at least for me, it's been particularly helpful. I have addressed my diet more. I never drank. I never used caffeine. I never smoked. So I never had any of those issues. But I think they're, from what I can tell and read, they're bad for you. Meditation and conscious breathing, I think I need to do more of that. I have become a little slack in my meditation practice. I think that has been very helpful. Your seven-day Tinnitus challenge is is a good one. But there are other, of course, meditation apps out there. I am a big utilizer of the Neosensory Buzz as a tool. It's an ancillary thing I have in my toolkit, but I do do it every I do it three times a day. I do it on my ride in at work in the morning. I do it on my ride home in the evening, and I do it oftentimes at lunch. And can I prove to you scientifically that it helps? No, but if nothing else, it calms me down. It makes me just sort of exhale and listen to the sounds. And it sure as hell ain't hurting anything. I find the Quieten app of Julian Cowan Hill. I enjoy his lectures. I, I think he has a lot to offer this community. And I know you and he are colleagues. I think he's worth listening to. He has convinced me or his, I've never spoken to him personally, but his app has convinced me to try cranial sacral therapy. And that I think quiets you down some. And the auto app, I think is helpful for CBT, basically. Um, Excellent. You just shared a great toolkit and the 
the things not to do, which are from experience, right? Um, things that you learn that you retrospectively say, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But that is part of this process. And that's how I believe we or professionals who are specialized in tinnitus should be helping and showing up for the community is here's what not to do, which is equally as important as here's what to do. And John, for the next six months or so, we still have this time window where we know habituation often still occurs during the next six months plus. Sound therapy protocols are often still recommended. And I wanted to check in with you. What's your what's your status on your use of sound therapy for the next six month time window? And keeping in mind that at some point when people have consistency with their levels for a matter of months, we tune tune off or stop the sound therapy protocols to transition into more of an as needed approach. So for your hearing aids, that would be taking the sound therapy, the white noise, the pink noise out of the normal program and just using them for amplification. Wanted to check in with you on where you're at on those. Well, I don't know for sure where I'm going. I am still using the hearing aids essentially all the time with the pink noise. I sometimes will forget them in the morning and go, oh, wait a minute, I need to put my hearing aid in. I definitely like the amplification. I did not appreciate that my hearing was failing, but I was 69 when I got them, and I definitely do hear better with them. I've seen the research that suggests that better hearing helps you cognitively age, so I intend to use them for that purpose. I don't know about the sound therapy. I enjoy it. I mean, I I sleep with a a headband at night, which is very helpful to me, but it do I actually have to have it? I don't know. I, probably not. I'm not sure. I, I assume that I will wean off of the, the sound therapy over the next six months or so, but I don't mind it. I mean, it. it uh, I have no problem wearing the hearing aids. I, it's like wearing glasses. I have had no problem adapting to them. Thank you for sharing that, John. And uh, just so everyone knows, uh, John is currently working with Triple Health. We have a telehealth company that guides people through this process I remember when I first met John, uh, we started working together and John, you asked me, Dr. Ben, I need someone to be my quarterback with this. I know there's many different pieces in play. I know it's often a collaboration of different doctors, different tools, different techniques, but I need someone to help me guide and continue through this process. I'm sure that's been valuable, John. Um, It has. I can't say enough about you and the Trouble Health folks. It has been a a true asset to have you quarterbacking the team. It's like having a a trainer when you go to the gym. You can lift the weights yourself. And, you know, some of this I have to do. But having someone to guide you is invaluable. And I think you're at the top of the game uh, of what's available, particularly in a telehealth setting. I I feel like the telehealth model has worked well for me. Mm. I would recommend it to anyone. Thank you so much. And what kind of questions do you have about the future of the tinnitus community, about different technologies, different research? I know that you, you've done a great job of asking us questions along the way uh, as we're recording this, sharing it to other listeners on YouTube and on podcast uh, in the Treble Health community. Uh, what kind of questions do you have that are probably common questions in our in our community that I might be able to answer for you? Well, I'm of course aware of Susan Shore's research at the University of Michigan and her company Oracle, which is supposedly 
very close to being launched, but it's being been very close to being launched now for many months. I'm curious to see, you know, if if that is going to come to the market, so to speak. Same thing for the for the uh, Lanier device, which is being utilized in Europe. Uh, I don't know why it takes the FDA so long to approve the devices, but I I certainly am curious as to whether or not those devices are going to be beneficial. I, I personally, my guess just from my reading is that they're not going to cure every version and commutation and permutation of this condition, but I think it may help some people. And of course, you know, the pharma, pharmacological approach, you know, I know that there are lots of very bright people around the country working on drug approaches and curious as to know if you think there's anything, you know, that's, that's on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can comment on those. So 2022 at the time we're recording this podcast, which is in uh, late April. So it is expected that by the end of the year, the linear device in the United States should be clinically released. I mean, that is the expectation by the end of the year, exact date, hard to predict. The Susan Shores group and her research has been recognized as some of the leading bimodal stimulation research. And the device they're working on seems to be an in-person clinical, more advanced approach where there's wires on the chin and the neck and there's sounds going in at the ear. And it seems to be something that you would go into a clinic consistently to use. The linear device seems to be an at home. I know what what it is. The linear device is an at home device that you use at home. And that has telehealth capabilities for that. So both of those are evidence-based. Like you had shared, it depends on what is the cause of your tinnitus. And in terms of predicting outcomes, the outcomes are not an 80, 90% reduction of tinnitus. Usually the outcomes are more of a less than 50% improvement for those who do improve. Um, so so that's important for us to remember, hey, this, this is not a, a one fixed solution here. This is part of my toolkit. All of the things you've talked about, all of the work we've done is the foundation that should still be used moving forward. If we can add things to expedite it, we're all in. You also asked about the, the farm farm pharmaceuticals, different drugs and and research into that. There's a few different research groups that are looking at regrowing the cells in the hearing organ. So improving hearing and how that can lead to improved tinnitus. Now, what we know in our community is that the cause of tinnitus is not always hearing loss alone. In fact, usually hearing loss was slowly progressing and then something else happened, whether it was a virus, an illness, stress, a somatic cause from the jaw or the neck, And that layers on top of a baseline hearing loss. So curing hearing loss will not cure tinnitus for everyone. It likely would reduce tinnitus for those who have hearing loss. There's other research into different parts of the brain and how different drugs or pills could potentially rewire and and change the brain's networks. Those seem pretty far out for now related to tinnitus. So those are the major updates. There's new things that are coming out all the time. There's definitely a lot of research involvement in tinnitus. It is the number one military veterans service-connected disability. So the government has incentive to solve this problem so that it stops paying all this money for veterans' compensation for disability. So all that to say, we do have a close watch on it. And at the time making this video, that's that's the update. Uh, do you have any follow-ups or last words for our community here, John, on this podcast session? No, thank you. I, I would just encourage anyone who's struggling to 
get someone in a troubled health team to lead you through this journey. It is a journey. And I don't know that any of us will ever get to pure silence, but you can get habituation is damn close to it. So I think if you have the right coach, you'll get there. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. And perhaps we can check in in six months again for our third podcast to give everyone the full spectrum of your journey. And I really appreciate you sharing your insights and your knowledge to our community. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's my mission to share high quality information about tinnitus and hearing conditions. It would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a quick review explaining what you learned on this podcast. Thank you so much for considering that and I'll make sure to see you on the next episode.